Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Thursday, March the 10th, 2022. It is currently 4.38 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church, located right here in the middle of nowhere, Texas. I apologize. I am being distracted because all kinds of notifications are popping up on my laptop, and I'm like, no, 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 close, 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 close. Do not mess up my live broadcast Don't do that. Don't you hate when little things go wrong that can distract you and can irritate you, bother you, and mess up your plans? Isn't it amazing how little things, just this little thing, I mean that, I mean, right there, I'm just I'm just trying to go live. It's just a live broadcast. It's not, it's not the end of the world if things get messed up, but I, I, I don't want it to get messed up because then I'll have to start over and I'll have to do this and I have to do that. It is amazing how such little things can cause you to become so frustrated, so irritated, and so bothered and so distracted. Or am I, am I, am I, am I the only one? Maybe I'm, I'm asking you like I can, I can see your reply, but, but I bet that there are plenty of you that, that sometimes the slightest thing goes wrong and you get frustrated, and you get irritated, and you get aggravated, and you may snap at someone, you may yell, you may raise your voice. Sometimes it'll you'll just be driving your car, and just because of, of the actions of another car, you'll get angry, you'll get frustrated. Just sometimes the smallest thing. So here I am, the empty sanctuary, Victory Baptist Church, the middle of nowhere, Texas, on a Thursday afternoon, and I press the button to go live, and immediately I'm, I'm trying to talk. I'm looking at my computer screen. Don't even, I'm not even hearing the words that I'm saying because I'm looking at my computer screen. I'm trying to figure it out. And there, and immediately what I felt inside was frustration and irritation. I'm like, no, I don't want everything to go wrong today, but it, let's say it all went wrong. What, what, what would that be? The end of the world? Sometimes what we perceive is not always accurate. Sometimes what we feel is not always accurate. Now, you may be asking, you may be thinking, you know what, you're so distracted that you're wasting your introduction. Or no, I'm actually, I'm not wasting my introduction. I'm saying these things because they're very much related to what we're going to be talking about. I want you to think and imagine how little things can cause such disruption, how little things can cause such frustration, how little things can mess up your entire emotions, your thinking for hours, sometimes an entire day. Well, what happens when those little things become major things, things that are, that impact the world, things that are significant, things that involve people dying, things that involve disease, sickness, death, finances. When it becomes things that are extremely serious, how do they impact you? How do they affect you? How, how, do, they, how do they impact your life? If little things can impact us, if little things can affect us so much, then what happens when it feels like the entire world is falling apart around you? How do you react when it feels like the world is on fire? How how do you feel when you don't really know what the future holds and you're very concerned? And I think right now there are a lot of people concerned, a lot of people 
worried, a lot of people stressed out, and a lot of people trying to figure out what is in store in the future and trying to figure out what should they do right now. Now, before I go any further, I want to read two passages of Scripture. Two passages of Scripture. Let's start in Psalm chapter 46. Psalm chapter 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Please note, it's God that is our refuge. It's not a political party. It's not the results of an election. It's not even making sure that all of the circumstances are perfect are perfect, and we can resolve all, all of the circumstances and make everything right. God is our refuge. He is our strength and a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea? If you were to find out that the entire earth was going to be destroyed, the entire earth was going to be removed, and and that mountains were going to start falling into the sea, you should not be moved. Let's look at Psalm 46 too. Let's read it in a number of other translations. Let's do this. I, I didn't think about it at the time, but let's look this up, all right? Psalm chapter 46, verse 2. Psalm chapter 46, verse 2. That's Psalm 46, verse 2. Let's just bring this up in a number of translations, right? Though, uh, Psalm 46, 2. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. New Living Translation. So we will not fear when earthquakes, earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. ESV. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the sea. Berean Study Bible. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth is transformed and the mountains are toppled into the depths of the sea. King James Bible. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Uh, Amplified Bible. Here we go. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change and though the mountains be shaken and slip into the hearts of the sea. We are not going to be afraid. We are not going to fear, even though everything around us is literally shaking, transforming, crumbling, falling apart, burning. We will not fear because God is our refuge, not circumstances, not solutions, not a politician. It is God who is our refuge and strength. Though the waters therefore roar and be troubled. This is verse three, Psalm 46, verse three. Though the waters therefore roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the most high. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her and that rightly early. The heathen raged and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. And we, we, we could continue reading, but just remember it is God who is your refuge. God is who, who, your strength. God is where you will find your help. Therefore, do not be, do not fear. 
Even though everything literally is crumbling around you, you focus on, is God truly your refuge? Is that is that where you're running to for refuge? Is, are you finding strength in him? Are you finding peace in God? Are you tr- truly trying to find that peace, that comfort, and that refuge and everything else? I think one of the major issues of the church is that Christians have started looking to everything else for their refuge and for their strength. They're looking to everything else for their solution. They look to politics. They look to this. They want to do this and argue and fight. They think that posting a few things on Twitter is going to fix everything. Whatever the case may be, I think we keep looking to the wrong place and we need to run to our refuge maybe more than we ever have because everything around us seems to be crumbling and falling apart. Are you running to God? Are you finding refuge in God? Are you finding strength strength in him? Are you finding peace and comfort in God? Not in your circumstances. Let's go to Philippians 4. Let's go to Philippians 4. Philippians chapter 4. Verse six, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious. Do not worry about anything. But in everything, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So no matter no matter what's going on, you pray. There's prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. You're giving thanks to God no matter what's going on. And it doesn't matter about the circumstances. There's still plenty to give thanks to God for. Let your requests be made known to God. You can bring that request. You can bring your concerns to God. And then the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Turn to God in the midst of everything. Doesn't mean that that God's going to immediately answer every request and fix all of the problems and make everything go away. The peace is found that you're trusting in him. Your prayer shows that you're trusting in him. You're looking to him for your help. You're looking to him for the solution. You're looking to him for to be the refuge, your shelter in the midst of the storm. I think right now people need the, this, these concepts maybe more than ever. And, and, I, and I, when I came into the church this afternoon, there, there were some emails and some different things that people have been asking me that made me just, I, 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 there were so many other things I wanted to turn the microphone on and discuss, but I'm like, you know what? I need to address this today. We've talked about it and, and I feel like in some ways we've talked about it off, off, off and on. We've talked about it often for the last few years because of the pandemic and just all of the craziness going on. I felt that we've talked about some of these principles, but I but I decided, you know what, let me just grab my journal. I grabbed my journal and I opened up to a page and I just started writing down some principles. I just started writing down some principles and I'm going to, to end with these principles that I wrote down. But before we do so, I want you to consider three different things. First, an email. I'm not gonna read every word of the email, but I'm going to read parts of it 
so that you can at least, because I, I have a feeling that many people out there will be able to relate to the words of this email. I received this at 8.59 a.m. this morning, 8.59 a.m. this morning. I think it may have been the first email I saw of the day. Someone asked me, I am wondering what your stance is on trying to be prepared for hard times. That's a good question. God is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our help. We trust in him, even if everything is falling apart. In every situation, we pray, supplication, thanksgiving, and God is going to give us the peace that passes all understanding. So with those concepts in mind, is there any discussion about preparing for difficult times? Because we're facing some difficult times and there's some concern that things are going to get worse. What should be the Christian response? Someone, uh, this email goes on to say, I will admit to you that this has been on my mind for some time. And I have, uh, and then they go on to, to give some other information here about preparing and what should we do and what we, we shouldn't do. They go on to say this, all right? Um, they feel that it's a very real possibility that within a very short time, the regular everyday person is not going to be able to afford groceries. They give an example that in October, they bought a package of uh, of eight cans of chicken for under $9. Just this week, it's now over $15. And then they go on to talk about if gas goes up much more, they, they're literally not going to be able to afford to go to work. They're literally not going to be able to afford to go to work. And, and to be honest with you, I, I, there's some of those same concerns have entered my mind. And every time I, I'm like, okay, I get in the car, I'm like, I'm going to drive to the church. And I'll look at the, and I'm like, whoa, okay. Um, I'm going to put gas in the car and then I'll go and I'm like, man, it's how much a gallon now? Okay. All right. That's going to cost me how much to drive to the church? Because for those who don't know, it's about a, it's about oh, about 17, 18, 19 minute drive to the church one way, 18, 19 minute drive back. That's about a 40 minute round trip. And well, you know, you come back and forth to the church to do live broadcasting. That cost goes up and up and up when you're putting, it's almost $4 a gallon to put, you know, gasoline in the car. If that goes up anymore, yeah, it's going to be like, well, I'm going to broadcast one day a month, okay? <laughs> because that's how I'm going to be able to afford to come here. But I understand that there's great concern there. Food prices, gas prices, there is concern. And, and then we can add to that everything else going on in the world. What in the world's going to happen with Russia? They continue their horrible invasion of Ukraine. People are dying, death, destruction, and they keep making threats. And it's like, what do we do? And, and you know, how many people are going to die in Ukraine? And then what do they do next? And what are we going to do? And Russia's upset with the sanctions and, and then tensions continue to rise and it's threat. And then North Korea is doing things. And it's like, what is, what is happening? And, and there's that concern. It's like, there's dark clouds. Not only are they over us, it seems like more, more dark clouds are in the forecast and they're coming in and the storm's going to get bad. What are you going to do? What should you do? How much should you prepare? What does that look like? How should you do so? 
should pastors be telling their people, hey, you need to prepare. And that and, and preparing looks like this. Now, you have to think about this preparing. When you start talking about preparing, you also have to realize, well, wait a minute. If all the prices or everything's going up, and <laughs> how much preparing can you actually do because you're having a hard enough time just buying what you need, how much extra can you buy to prepare when it's already costing you far more just to just to get what you need for that week or that month? How much preparing can you actually do right now? These are questions. What is the pastor's responsibility right now when it comes to people? What what can they do? How can do they need to warn everyone? Hey, it's time to prepare. It's time right now to to stock up. Is that, is that what is that is that is that the the step forward? Is that biblical? Is that unbiblical? What should we do? So there was in one email. I didn't read obviously everything from it because some of it is obviously more private. But um, I just wanted at least that those concerns. I wanted to share that because it's very. It's very in line with, uh, I think, uh, what a lot of people are feeling. Just to show you that I'm not crazy here is it wasn't long after reading that email that I found this. In fact, uh, I saw this email just maybe an hour after it. It was published today as well. Headline, Americans are besieged by stress. Concerns over nuclear war and inflation following two years of a pandemic, have Americans more stressed than ever. Financial woes, coupled with a barrage of horrifying scenes from Ukraine as Russia continues its invasion, have pushed a majority of Americans to unprecedented levels of stress, according to a new report from the American Psychological Association. The association's annual Stress in America poll published Thursday found that U.S. adults already uh, weary from two years of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic are now overwhelmingly troubled by inflation and the war in Ukraine. According to the results, 87% of those surveyed cited rising cost of everyday items such as groceries and gas as a significant source of stress. Well, I just received an email right before I read this news article and they mentioned groceries and gas. So so that's right in line with what I am seeing. They go on to say the same high percentage said their mental health was greatly affected by what has felt like a constant stream of crisis without a break over the last two years, and 84% said the Russian invasion of Ukraine is terrifying to watch. The shared feeling of stress among so many Americans was startling, said a clinical psychologist and the APA's associate chief for practice transformation. While many people can feel stress, she said, they often cite different political or social reasons as the source. We don't usually see 80% of people telling us that a particular stressor is stressful, stressful for that many individuals. In other words, a lot of people may talk about stress, but it's usually lots of different things. This is everyone seems to be stressed about very similar things, meaning that these situations are greatly impacting people's mental health, how they're moving forward. And well, what, what, what do we do? 
do you, do you look at this? I mean, you don't just look in the situation and go, well, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Because, well, that, that almost undermines that, that their feelings. You're almost telling them, hey, you, there's nothing to worry about. But at the same time, do you tell them, okay, yes, the situation is real. Yes, it's concerning, but trust God. Or do you say, yes, the situation is real. It is concerning. I can definitely relate to your feelings. Trust God, and but you need to do the following things to prepare in case things get worse. Is, is that a part of the biblical answer to these situations? But it just show you that that wasn't the only article I saw. Then I came across this news article, if I can find it really quick. Here it is. This was published at 8.55 a.m. this morning. So all of this was, hap- was I kept getting all of this information uh, this morning. All right, so, so it was going to be very difficult for me to walk into the church and just ignore all of this and just talk about, you know, hey, let's, let's talk about something else. And I have to talk about this because not only are that, these are the kind of emails I'm receiving, and that was just one email. I've received a number of people talking about their worry or their anxiety or their struggle. I think I've had some uh, comments on YouTube, people expressing those similar things. So this is not just one person. This, a lot of people, and all of these news articles are seemingly speaking of the same thing. So here we go. All right. U.S. inflation climbed to 7.9% annual rate in February, another four-decade high as skyrocketing energy and commodity prices related to the Russian invasion of Ukraine pushed already elevated costs higher. So a four-decade high. And prices are going to go up. Prices continue to go up. Gas prices continue to go up. Food prices are going to go up. Everything is going to continue to go up. Well, how is that going to impact you? I, I don't know how. I mean, I mean, there are some people who drive great distances to church. How is that going to impact them getting to church? How does it impact, like, just me, just driving here? How does it impact a small church paying whatever we have to pay for electricity or, or any other situations. How is it going to impact just the average family? Think about this. And this is just the reality of it. We can sit there and try to be all super spiritual and go, nope, this never happens. But the reality is for every church, when every when prices on everything is going up, 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 that's going to be less, less, less money that's going to be given to, well, a church. That's going to have a profound impact on large churches. It will have a profound impact on small churches who they, they're giving drops just a little bit, and that's the end of many churches. All of these things create stress. They create circumstances. They create difficulty. What are we to do? Now, the email asked me specifically about my feelings about telling people to prepare. I'm going to, in my notebook, I just left that as at number six, and I just, I just put the word prepare down. And I'm just going to throw out some ideas and a look at some scriptures, all right? Pulling a chair next to me so I can set my iPad down. Let's just consider some of the things I've written down. You may agree with these. You may disagree with these. But these just some principles that I thought of. First, I think this is very important. We definitely want to ensure that we see reality, not emotion. We want to 
thousand percent ensure that we are checking our emotion with reality. What do I mean by this? Well, I don't know. I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of talk radio because I like keeping up with what's going on in the world. But it does not take very long. In fact, sometime, one day, I mean, not, not just one day, it, it probably a thousand times over the years, going all the way back to the 1990s, listening to Rush Limbaugh. It doesn't, and again, I, I will listen to people I agree with, listen to people I disagree with. So any names I mention doesn't mean I agree with everything. In fact, in most cases, I may disagree with a, very, a lot of things, but I still listen because I like keeping up with what's going on in the world. But I cannot tell you how many times I'll be listening. It can be Glenn Beck. It can be Mark Levine. It can be Sean Hannity. It doesn't matter what it may be. It could be Rachel Maddow. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who it is. Um, I can be listening. And at some point, I will just stop and say something to myself like this. A lot of times, that's why I'm just listening as I'm driving in the car. And I'll just stop and go, I don't know how they do it. I really don't know how they do it. Every day, they have to walk in, turn on the microphone. And every day, it's like, this is going wrong. This is going wrong. This is going wrong. Trouble's coming. This is going wrong. Well, this is the economy's going to collapse. This this president this president's going to destroy our entire country. And this ideology is going to be the end of America. And they're destroying the Constitution. And they're taking away our rights. And we're all going to end up in FEMA camps. And we're all going to die. And it's the end of the world. It's the end of the world. It's like every day, it's another dose of death. Destruction is on its way every day. Now, sometimes they'll try to sound hopeful, but the hope always is we must win this election or it's the end of America. We must win this election or it's the end of the Constitution. It's the, and, and it's, it's just, it's not only is it extremely political typically, but it's like every day it's gotta be what, what's the thing we need to be fearful of today? What's the thing I need to be worried about today? What's the thing I need to be overwhelmed with anxiety about today? It's the same thing every single day, year after year, after year, after year, after year, after year. It never stops. It doesn't matter. Like, it's like they can never deviate because that's their format. That's what they have to do. They've got to turn on the microphone and talk about what's the next big disaster, the next big thing to be upset about, the next thing to be concerned about. Well, at some point, if you're spending a lot of time listening to that, then a lot of times you begin to see things almost through a through, through the lens of your emotion and not through the lens of reality. Now, let me tell you, reality is not good right now in a number of different situations. Obviously, the reality in Ukraine right now is absolutely horrifying and horrible, and I'm just utterly sick and overwhelmed with emotion anytime I keep up with it. And I do keep up with it a lot, but I've noticed even myself, you wake up and you're just like, I don't even know what I want to do because it's just I'm so overwhelmed with it doesn't mean that it's wrong to keep up with it, but you just got to sometimes step back and go, okay, what's the actual reality of the situation? You got to try to see reality beyond all of the emotion and all the things that impact how you see things. Sometimes you see things, we're complicated people, right? Things influence our thinking, things influence our emotion. And sometimes we see things not as they are, but as we feel. And you can't see things as you feel. You got to see things as they are. It's a constant battle to see reality. So, for example, and I talked about this during the pandemic a number of times. As I'm driving here in the middle of nowhere, Texas, and I always take the back way to the church. And I'm just, I mean, I'm just out in the middle of West Texas, 
There's nothing around me, cows, horses. I mean, there's just, you know, I'm just on a country road. There's nothing, right? And I'm just driving along, driving along, driving along. And I go over the railroad track. And uh, sometimes I've just pulled over and just rolled down the windows and just sit there for like five minutes. And just as I'm sitting there, like in the middle of nowhere, Texas, it's, sometimes it'll be like, man, all of the craziness going on in the world right now, especially this, would, I would do this sometimes during the pandemic. It's like, it just felt like it was not even real. Like I was just sitting there, it would feel like, well, is, real, is things really as bad as they, they are? Now, I'm not saying that that negates how bad things are. I'm not saying that that somehow makes all of the panic and concern not real. I'm saying it tries to offer a balance. Even today when I, I pulled up here at the church, and I open the front door. It's like 60, 60 something, 65 degrees, 66 degrees right now outside. Not a cloud in the sky. Winds, I don't even think the wind's blowing. I open the door and I just sat there at the front pew right there close to the front door. Sun shining in and I'm just like, I mean, yeah, I, I know on one side there's all of these horrible th- inflation, money, all of these issues are going on. But there's another sense that just made me feel like, okay, yes, those things are going but how, how do I view them in light of, well, the reality that, that I, I also see a different reality where, well, life is just going on. Like trying to find that balance. All I'm saying is you sometimes have to check and just go, okay, wait a minute. That's my emotion. Okay, what is the reality? What is the reality? Sometimes in any form of counseling, you, when people start talking, you start usually what you hear first in counseling when someone starts talking is you hear their emotion, which gives that when they start telling you what's going on, sometimes you're not getting an accurate representation of what's going on. You're hearing their emotion. Now, you don't want to you don't want to just negate their emotion and disregard their emotion. The emotion is real and, and it needs to be considered and understood and No one should feel bad for those feelings, but sometimes you have to say, okay, those are the feelings. Maybe reality is just a slightly different. So I'm just saying that sometimes we have to take a deep breath and go, yes, things are bad. Things are difficult right now. But what is the reality of the situation? What is the reality? Reality of the situation is the world has faced lots of difficult times, right? World War I, World War II, Civil War, Revolutionary War. There's been lots of tragic situations. Now, and all of those situations, people were profoundly impacted and there was lots of death. So you don't want to uh, downplay those horrible situations, but things continued. So it's trying to find that balance. It's trying to find the balance. And especially for Christians, and I want you to think about this, the reality from a Christian worldview, is that no matter how I may feel, no matter how emotional I may be, the reality of the situation is God is completely in charge. He is not moved. He is not caught off guard. He is not surprised. He's working all things for his good pleasure and will. Of course, in this church, we hold to the London Baptist Confession of Faith. We believe God decrees everything that comes to pass. So God is at work in it. It may not feel like it. I may not understand it. I may not like it, but God is involved in it. It's working out according to his sovereign decrees. 
So I must see it, not just trying to see a, a, a reality versus an emotion. I must bring in the biblical reality to the situation and not my emotion. So reality, not emotion. I think, I think it's very important. Next, God, not circumstances. God, not circumstances. I'm not saying ignore the circumstances. I'm not saying just never, never keep up with what's going on as if ignorance somehow makes everything better. What I'm saying is you see and hear about the circumstances, but your focus needs to be on God. God is above the circumstances. He is in control of the circumstances. Look to God. Don't, you can think of it this way. Glance at the circumstance, right? Glance at the circumstance, but gaze upon God if that distinction works. Glance at the circumstance. Don't deny it. Don't ignore it. See that it's there, but you've got to gaze upon God. Your focus has to be on God. Your, your, that's where your focus has to be. That's where your attention has to be. Doesn't mean you ignore everything going on, but sometimes you got to go, okay, okay. I need to spend time focusing on God. I need to remember God. I need to see God in and above this. Sometimes all we can see is the circumstance and then we almost feel like, where's God in it? We cannot do that. We have to see God first, above, beyond, working through and in everything. Reality, not emotion. We need a balance there, right? can't just get caught up on the emotional side. God, not circumstances. And let me, let me say this. This is very important. Reality, not emotion. God, not circumstances. Both of those points. Be very, very careful how much time you spend sitting there looking at your timeline on Facebook or, or the latest tweet or whatever social media you spend your time. First of all, none of that's reality. It gives you a completely different perception. It may give you the idea that everyone in the whole world is in complete panic and the world's about to end five seconds from now. Sometimes you got to turn all of that off and you need to focus on, okay, reality, not my emotion because the, the social media will impact your emotion and, and social media will constantly place circumstances in front of you and not God. Sometimes you got to learn when to, to, to shut that down and walk away. You may, you may need to just take a break from social media. Find a way to get news, just news information. I mean, think about how much misinformation is posted on social media anyway. Maybe a time to take about a 60-day break from social media. Find a good source to get news that's accurate, balanced, and fair. Maybe you, usually you need a number of news sources, not just one. But maybe all of the social media, just that, that's not going to help you. That's not going to help you. All right. So number one, reality, not emotion. God, not circumstances. Number three, great commission, not solutions. When it comes down to it, what you need, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. Good, bad, disaster, fire, flood, it, famine, plague, war. Your concern should always be the furtherance of the kingdom of God, the great commission, Focusing on ministry, 
focusing on who you can pray for, focusing on who you can disciple, focus on who you can help in their Christian life, focus on who you can evangelize, focus on what ministries you can support so that the work of the ministry continues to go out. Focus on being equipped for that ministry. Focus on the Great Commission. What? And the reason I say this is because I felt like that anytime everything seems to be falling apart in the world, Christians get so distracted and they abandon the Great Commission and they become solution focused. Okay, what is the solution? How are we going to fix this? What are we going to do here? And it's always, it seems to be, especially since around 2015, we've got to elect. We need Republicans. We need this. We And it's all about politics, 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 politics. Stop looking for a solution and look for the Great Commission. All of those solutions become worldly, fleshly, and they don't really fix the problem because the real problems are spiritual. Stay focused on praying for people, discipling people, evangelizing people, helping people spiritually. Stay focused on that. Uh, reality, not emotion. God, not circumstance. Great commission, not solutions. This is important. Prayer, not prayer over talking. Prayer over talking or prayer not talking. Okay, but that sounds weird. So prayer over talking. I wrote it a little different, but hopefully you get my idea. What I'm trying to say here. So reality, not emotion. God, not circumstances. Great commission, not solutions. And I'm saying, sometimes we want a solution to all the world's problems. And are you sure you're going to be able to resolve them? And most of the solutions we get are not even a solution to the real problem anyway, because the real problem is spiritual and the heart of man is desperately wicked. And the only solution is the gospel. So focus on the great commission. I I could say great commission, not worldly solutions or political solutions, but you get the idea. Prayer over talking. Spend less time posting about your concerns, your fears on social media. Spend uh, less time talking about all of the problems in the world. Stop talking about it and pray about it. Pray about it. Sometimes we want to talk about the issues and talk about the problems. Now, it's, it's appropriate at times to talk about it, especially if you're struggling or you're, you're filled with worry and you're looking for advice. I'm, I'm not condemning talking about it. I'm just saying you need to spend more time praying about it because in prayer, you're handing it to God. It's not that God's going to necessarily fix and do everything you want and fix all the problems, but you're handing it to God. You're, it's like taking the problem saying, here you go, God, and there you can find peace from all of the solutions. Spend less time talking about it. What do you talk about? What do you post about? Is it constantly, oh, this and this problem 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 and this issue and this issue? Where, where, no, where's, where's your focus? Stop talking, turn off your phone, and just pray. Number five, reality, not emotion, God, not circumstances, great commission, not solutions, prayer over talking, and number five, spiritual food overfeeding the anxiety. Spiritual food overfeeding the anxiety. You can get so, you can spend all your time feeding your mind about everything going on. Look, this, this, this is not even debatable. Every statistic that we get 
from every ministry that tries to figure out what Christians are doing. They seem to all indicate the same thing. Christians don't spend any meaningful time in Bible study. They spend very, very little time in Bible memory. They spend very little time doing that. So what are they doing? Well, some Christians may be watching movies and television shows and sporting events. Okay, that's one thing. Others are spending all of their time watching Fox News, Fox News breaking alert. They're watching, they're listening to Glenn Beck, Sean Hannity. They're on social media, reading all of the timeline, and they're feeding, 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 feeding the very thing that's causing worry and anxiety and fear. They're feeding the wrong thing. Stop feeding the fear and the anxiety and worry and feed yourself spiritually. Think of it this way. We talk about this all the time. If you want, you need to take these vitamins or you need this, you need this so that you'll have a, you know, you'll you'll build up your immunity. You'll have a, a good immune system that'll be able to fight off infection and viruses. All right, we'll just kind of go with a, a general idea here. I'm not trying to be all 100% correct medically, but you get the idea. You need a strong immune, immune system. You need a strong immunity so that you can fight off all of these things. Well, spiritually, if you want a strong immune system to fight off fear, worry, and anxiety, you've got to spend that time feeding yourself spiritually. You need a, a healthy spiritual diet. It's one of the things I tried to do at the beginning of the pandemic. I tried to say, look, look, everyone's going to go crazy. There's going to be fear. There's going to be conspiracy theories. It's going to go crazy. Everyone's going to be divided. Here you go. Here's the Proverbs. I tried to get everyone to study the Proverbs. Look, it didn't take long to realize nobody was doing it, right? Okay, here we go. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. Get a copy and read it, and let's talk about it. Now, many of you are still with me and are still participating in it. But if I look at the number of people who may have started, many of those people who were, who were present at the beginning of it, they, they dropped out a year ago. They, they, they never even finished the book. Oh, but I, let me tell you how much time they've spent feeding their worry, their fear, and their anxiety. You've got to feed yourself spiritually. Without a healthy spiritual diet, you destroy your immune system, and now you're vulnerable to the infection of fear, anxiety, and worry. That's one of the reasons, another one of the reasons, there are a number of motivating factors that led to the, basically the creating of the Bible study exercise podcast episodes that we've now done, I think we're, what, 250 episodes? I'd have to count. I mean, we're well over 200 episodes for a Bible study exercise. It's trying to get people spend time studying God's word and I'll, and the Bible study exercise, I'm giving you really the, I'm giving you exercises to do. I'm giving you things to look up, giving you things to work on. When you're looking those things up, working on them, meditating, thinking about that, you're not worried and thinking about all everything that's going to lead to fear and anxiety. In fact, you're taking in the very thing that will build up immunity to those things. But but every statistic, you can't get Christians to do anything sometimes. I mean, if there's one thing I've learned in my all of my years of ministry, it's like, can you get Christians to actually spend time in the things of God? They don't want to talk about the, I mean, go to your next church fellowship and just listen to all the conversations. How much of it is biblical, theological? They're talking doctrine. They're talking scripture they read. They're, no. Now, sometimes when that's happening, it's a group of men arguing and fighting. Okay, but it's sometimes hard just to find good 
conversation about the things of God with fellow Christians because they don't that they, they don't read they don't study they it's they want to talk about the weather they want to talk about hunting they want to talk I'm talking about the men because I don't know what the women are talking about they're hunting a truck football I mean everything other than hey no but we're 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 here at a church quote-unquote fellowship well let me make it very clear 99% of the time whenever I'm in a church fellowship I have nothing in common with those people other than the things of God so typically I'm sitting there going, oh, they want to talk about, okay, you got a new truck. Okay, I'll go out there and look at it. Okay, I don't know, I don't know an engine from a tire, but okay, whatever, right? But that, they want to talk about hunting. I don't hunt. They want to talk, and it's like, now some things I can engage in those conversations about, but I'm thinking, but we're, we're the church. I can have conversations about football, music, all, all kinds of other things that I love outside of the church. I don't need to be at the church to do this. We're, we're brothers and sisters in the Lord. Let's talk. What have you been reading? What have you been studying? Let's talk. Let's talk a scripture. But in many cases, they can't talk it. Look, you know what you talk about is what you know, what you're comfortable with. And I, I just I just think that that so many Christians don't feed themselves enough spiritually to then even have meaningful discussions about the things of God. And they won't even feel slightly convicted about it. I mean, I've watched this my whole Christian life. I mean, I've seen churches like, here you go. Here's a Bible study curriculum. Nobody reads it. No, I, I, I was a part of small groups. Everybody would show up and you would find out within five minutes. Nobody prepared. Nobody did the, what they were supposed to do. Now everyone's ready to give an answer like they're, they're theologians, but nobody studied. No one read it. No one did anything. Well, then when trouble and disaster comes, you're not spiritually prepared. You want to talk about prepared? Feed yourself spiritually. There's the first preparing that needs to be done. Spiritual preparing. Spiritual preparing. That's what I, I kept saying about the pandemic. We can come out of the pandemic better off spiritually than we entered in. Because in many cases, you're going to have more freedom and more time to dive into God's word, listen to God's word, listen to sermons, more so than maybe you've ever had in your in, in, in any time. Because you're going to, because of the lockdown, because maybe you're working from home, you may have more opportunities to feed yourself spiritually at, like you think of about it this way. You should have been feeding yourself so much spiritually during the two years of the pandemic that you walked out of your house weighing 900 pounds more than you did when you started because that's how much spiritual food you got. But no, people were more worried about, I don't know, chasing conspiracy theories and yelling and screaming about masks and saying that the end of the world is five seconds away and we're going to all end up in a FEMA camp and this is the end and we're all going to lose our constitutional rights and I don't know what to do and we're all going to die. And you're like, uh, or you could have been talking about Proverbs and the imitation of Christ and Bible study exercises and doctrine and theology and church history. And you could have been like, you could have walked away better off spiritually. And I, and I, and I stated that at the very beginning of the pandemic. Today, I was going back through the archives of some things that I had said at the very beginning of the pandemic. And, the, and, and those are some of my exact words. We're either going to be better off for this or going to be worse off. Which is it going to be? What do you want to be? Well, if you look at a lot of the emails I got during the pandemic, it was yelling and screaming and arguing about this and 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 this. And some of it was, you know, complete conspiratorial nonsense. Other of it may have been valid concerns, but it's like, so what are you going to do? You're going to yell and scream about that? We have a pandemic. How about let's focus on the things of God? So I say all of that. 
to bring me to the last point that I wrote down. Because the question someone asked is the question about preparing, preparation, preparation. Should we prepare? And I didn't know what to write down for number six, because exactly what do we mean by prepare? So I was just thinking about this. Now, I'm going to look at some scriptures really quick here because we're already at 47 minutes. But I want you to think about it in this way. First, always, the preparing we should do always, first and foremost, is always spiritual preparing, preparing ourselves spiritually, trying to prepare anyone around us spiritually. Spiritual, being spiritually prepared is far more important than any other kind of being prepared. That's just, I think, uh, the biblical, the biblical focus is always on the spiritual. That doesn't mean there's not any other form of preparing, but that's the case. And one of the emails I received, they mentioned how, well, Joseph prepared, right? During the seven years of plenty, he he stored up so they would have, you know, they would have enough during the famine. Now, there's no question he did, so there's nothing wrong with preparing. There's nothing wrong with that. Just remember a couple of things. He did so because of divine guidance. I mean, God gave the dream, Joseph interpreted the dream, knowing that was the dream. So he was giving direct divine revelation. Now, if you, we don't believe in getting divine revelation outside of scripture. So what would scripture say in regards to preparing? What should we do? Well, I'm just going to go through a number of scriptures here that may be relevant. One that I think uh, would be very interesting is Proverbs chapter six, verses six through 11. Proverbs chapter six, verses six through 11. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer, gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Now, the question is, or is that is that really focused on preparing or is that focused on not being lazy and being a sluggard? Is what, What's the real emphasis there? But the point is, is the ant prepares, the ant works. So again, there, there's nothing wrong with preparing. There's nothing, I want to make it very clear. There's nothing wrong with preparing. I don't know if I can say, thus saith the Lord, go forth and prepare, but there's nothing wrong with it. Use the opportunity you have. Now, the question would be, Okay, what how how should you prepare? How should you prepare? What should you do? What should you do? You gotta have money to prepare. Most cases, now some would say, well, you, you could you could do you could, you know, start a garden or you could do this, you could do that. Well, well okay, maybe, maybe they could. Just make sure you don't turn. All I'm saying is we can't turn how you may feel to prepare as some legalistic rule that everyone has to follow, okay? Because we can't say that. But I'm saying that in many cases, preparing costs money. And if if the price of everything's going up, it's gonna be very hard to prepare. And how long do you prepare for? All right, I mean, those are just good questions, but there's no problem being like the ant. Don't being lazy and preparing. There's nothing wrong with that in any way, shape, or form. 1 Timothy 4.8 says, 
For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also the life to come. Now there the focus is you can you can train your body, you can exercise, well you can say you're preparing because you're making yourself stronger, but the Bible immediately says godliness is of value in every way because it holds promise for the present life and also the future to come. Once again the Bible turns to focus on the spiritual, not the temporal. Focuses on the spiritual, not the physical. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with physical exercise. Doesn't mean that. Like, we got to find that biblical balance, right? We got to find that biblical balance. There's nothing wrong with preparing, but you can't, you can get so focused on all of, oh, I got to keep up with everything going on in the world. And I got to do this. And I got to do that. And I got to, you can do all of those things, but where are you spiritually? Um, let's see here. Um, uh, there's a lot here. Uh, I'm looking at a number of, of scriptures here. Um, they have Luke 21, 36. And I'm going to go back. The, the I've got a list of scriptures here. But the list has them all in different translations. And I, I use the King James. So typically I want to go back to the King James. Luke 21, 36. Luke 21, 36. Luke 21, 36, we read this. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the son of man. All right. Now you could talk about all the things that are going to come, but the point is, is watch and pray, watch and pray, watch and pray. Yes, watch and see what's coming, but pray. The focus is you, we typically respond biblically to what's coming spiritually. The focus again is on that. All right. Um, see here, what else do we have here? I got a lot of scriptures. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16 is listed here. I just have a list of scriptures that, that if, you, if you look up preparing from a biblical perspective, a lot of these scriptures they have here, you'll, we could work them in and try to see what they're doing with them. I'm just trying to go to some good ones. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto every good work, right? I'm kind of reverting back to the King James there, but you get the idea. The scriptures, you want to prepare? Memorize scripture. You want to prepare? Study the word of God. Doesn't mean that there, that other preparing is not wrong. I'm just trying to go with what, what the church is, fo- uh, what the scriptures are focused on. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, what else we have here? Um, Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Matthew 6, 33, once again, tells you not to worry about all of these other things. In fact, go to, if we go to Matthew 6, go to Matthew 6, I'll just show you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink 
nor yet for your body that you shall put on. Is not your life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. Uh, They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? And then it goes on uh, to say, but seek first the kingdom of God and all these and, and, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Again, the focus is don't worry about those things. Focus on the spiritual. Focus on seeking the kingdom of God. That again, is, it seems to be a, a constant biblical theme. All right. Um, let's see here. I'm looking at what else they have here. Um, I'm looking, there's a lot of scriptures here. Um, some of these are not a, uh, some of these I don't think are super helpful. Let's see here. Okay, a lot of them go back to Proverbs. I'm just looking at a number of lists that try to say, okay, what? how should we think about preparing? Um, Matthew 24, 44, therefore you must be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. Well, that's that's being prepared spiritually for the coming of Christ. Not, It's not talking about anything else. Um, here's a good one. Proverbs 22, 3. Proverbs 22, 3. Here's more of a practical one. Proverbs 22, 3. Proverbs 22, 3. Proverbs 22, 3. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So a prudent man, a wise man, can see the danger and then will take necessary precautions, will hide himself from it. So again, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I want to make it very clear. There's nothing wrong with preparing. There's nothing wrong with storing up, preparing. But the focus in the Bible is on your spiritual preparation. So your spiritual preparation, pre- put it this way, prepare spiritually, make that your priority. Spiritual preparation should be your priority and the other preparing is perfectly acceptable and okay. Just don't turn it into some legalistic thing where you're like, well, they're not spiritual and they're not. Just just focus on preparing spiritually and then preparing in the other ways which you feel are necessary. The other scriptures, they all these, almost every other scripture they run to, all of them are about spiritual preparing, all of them. So, I mean, I could go through each and every one of them, but it's it's, it's all of these are about preparing spiritually, 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 because that's where the Bible places the emphasis over and over again. Um, let's see here. Um, there's one here in Proverbs. Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. Proverbs 21, 20. Proverbs 21, 20. Let's, let's look at that one. Uh, 21, 20. Proverbs 21, 20, there is treasure to be desired and oil and the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. 
Now, here's Proverbs gives some very practical advice in some of these cases. And the wise man, they may store it up. They may, they may not waste it where the, the foolish man will just use it all up and devour it and have nothing. So there is something about being prudent, being wise, and being prepared. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's got to be, you got to put the, the, the priority must be the spiritual. Then you can focus on what you can do physically. But you got to be careful not to to put too much blame on some people because some people are like, look, I what do you want me to do? I, I, I barely have enough money to pay my bills this week. How am I going to store up for next week? And how many weeks do I need to be stored up for? Two, three, four? Do, do, I, do I get a storage building and store up, you know, uh, you know buy, uh, you know, food, you know, like the uh, uh, meals ready to eat uh, that we use in the M- uh, in the military, MREs? Uh, do, do, do I get buy $1,000 worth of those so that I have them in case of a disaster? How far do you take it? I think you have to be prudent, you have to be wise, and you have to understand that everyone's going to have certain ability and not ability, and you have to just to try to determine what you feel is going to happen. I mean, like, you know, what the thing is, is your is your concern based on I go back to our, our first point, reality. I The only reason I mention this is because, again, I've been listening to talk radio forever. And talk radio, if you've ever listened to it, or if you listen to Alex Jones or anybody, coast to coast AM, it doesn't matter. Um, a large portion of their advertising dollars that they receive is from advertisement about Hey, you need, you know, you need to have meals ready to eat. You need to have a four month supply of food and you need to invest in gold. And you did like, it's always about preparing, preparing, preparing because it, the economy is going to cl- uh, collapse and the dollar is going to be gone and, and, and you're going to need food and you're going to need gold and you're going to need this. I, I've, I've been hearing those commercials on those programs, literally my whole adult life. And here we are in 2022. Now, sooner or later, they may be right. Sooner or later, they may be right, but I can't imagine if I would have stored up, you know, a year's worth of food and in 1997, okay, if I would have stored up a bunch of food in 2010, I mean, at some point you're like, okay, you know, and I know that those shows became very popular preppers about people preparing for, you know, basically the end. At some point you just go, where, where is the balance? Because I'm spending all of my money preparing, 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 preparing for something that may, may not come. What could I be doing with those resources for the kingdom of God? That, that could be asked as well. You could, you could kind of flip it around. Um, and one of the emails, someone mentions a, a way of preparing. Some of you may like this. Um, they talked about that they remember a time um, in the past when people would you know, uh, pick vegetables and then spend a week canning and freezing. So there would be plenty for the whole year. Now, if you stock up, many may consider it hoarding. That may be, Maybe perceptions have changed. There's still plenty of people out there who do those kinds of things. Uh, said it was commonplace then to be prepared. All right, with grocery stores around every corner, not, uh, not, uh, not many do big shops for groceries. Now, maybe, I, I think we also have to be fair here. It is 2022. I mean, sometimes people have kind of a romantic, well, how things were back in the good old days, but the good old days are gone. 
Now, maybe there's some lessons to be learned from it. Um, Maybe people could plant vegetables and then can them and then have them for a year. Maybe, but that that would still be only for a year. And again, if I go back, so you prepare for a year. I I mean, mean, I don't know how good they are canned. I don't know how long something, I don't know. I'm not an expert in this, but okay. So let's say you would have done that in 2000. Would, Would the food still be good in 2022? So would you have taken all of that and then throw that away or would you have given it away? I mean, like, like what's the logistics of preparing? I guess is my question when it comes to this very important subject. By all means, prepare. By all means. And I think people who, and again, there's also, not everyone lives in a situation where they can just plant a garden, okay? There's lots of people who like, I, where do you want me to plant it? Okay, where, where do you want me to plant it? But there are other people who have that ability and they they can they can go out there and plant and do all of that. And that's wonderful and that's great. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. There's literally nothing wrong with it. But that just don't make it a test of one's spirituality. That's all I'm going to say. Don't make it a test of one's spirituality because I don't know if scripture is clear, like you must do this. There may be some principles that talks about the wisdom of being prepared. There are some examples of be like the ant. That in the and the and the wise man's house, there's there's stuff there where the the foolish will devour it. There's some principles by all means, and we should consider those principles. What is it going to look like for each individual family? I don't know. I remember back. I don't even remember what year it was. I don't remember. I, I really don't. I'd have to try to find. I think I did podcast about it, but there was a lot of discussion about. I don't even remember what the 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 crisis that the world was supposedly facing at that time. But I remember that there was a big push about, hey, people need to prepare. People need to store up some food. There was a lot of discussion about that. And I can't remember. I got some emails from someone saying that they were starting to store up food and they were, they were concerned and they were doing all of that. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, by all means, you know, that that's great. That's wonderful. Well, that was, that had to be at least 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. Now, maybe the food that they stored up 10, 15 years ago is still good. But if it's not, now, I, that by no means is it wrong. It just means that they had to get rid of that. Now, they had to replace it. So it's it, it makes it very like, how do you do this? And where are you going to put your money and put your resources versus where the Bible tells you to put your focus? Where, what's, the, what's the proper balance? I don't have a, a great answer. I'm just trying to throw out every side of this. I'm trying to throw out every side of this because there's many sides to consider. I know this. The world right now is a, is a concerning place. There's no question about it. The world is a concerning place. Um, it, it feels at times that everything, and I mean everything, seems to be falling down around us. It does. It seems like everything seems to be falling apart and that it, the world is on fire. And I mean, I could, I could go to a series of headlines right now. And by the time I got done with it, you'd be like, okay, that's enough. Just stop. Just stop. People are stressed out. People are worried. I think we need to focus on everything from a biblical perspective. So we need to make sure we try to see reality, not emotion. We need to make sure that we see God, not circumstances. We need to make sure we see the Great Commission, not simply solutions to everything going on around us, because the Great Commission is ultimately the solution. We need to be prayer over talking. We need spiritual food over feeding the anxiety. And there's nothing wrong with preparing. 
There are some biblical principles that would clearly support that concept. Just don't make it some spiritual... Christians fall into these traps sometimes, and I'm not saying that anyone has emailed me is falling into these traps. My job is to try to warn from every side. That sometimes like some secondary thing almost becomes a, a badge of honor, like that's the Christian way to do it. And I'm, I'm like, okay, where's, oh, where's all the scripture? Where's all the scripture? Yeah, if God reveals to you in divine revelation that you need to start storing up, okay, but I believe all divine revelation is st- ceased and now God reveals to me in the word of God. So what do I see in the word of God? Well, yeah, I, I see what, what Joseph did, but that was a historical situation with God divine, divinely revealing here. Then I've got Jesus saying, hey, don't worry about that. Don't worry about what you wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Trust in God, okay? Is that now we can get into biblical hermeneutics. Does that apply to us or is that only for the disciples, right? And if it's for us, how do we apply that? At the same time, we've got scripture telling us that there, that consider the ant, that the wise man has stuff in his house when the foolish man devours everything. You've got Proverbs that goes from a more practical standpoint. So we got to find that biblical balance. If you can prepare, prepare. How much? I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say, you need to prepare because next week, nuclear war is going to happen and then there's going to be fallout and you're, and, and you're, you're not going to be able to get food from anywhere and what you have is all you're going to have. I, I'm not going to make some crazy prediction like that because I have no way of knowing. I have no way of knowing. Food prices can, can continue to get higher. Are they going to go up more? I don't know. Well, then you may want to buy an extra of what you can at a cheaper price so that when the prices go up, you don't have to pay those prices because you have more of what you can. I know at the beginning of the pandemic, everybody was running to grocery stores, buying everything they could. Shelves were completely wiped out. People were were stocking up as much as they could. Everyone went, did did they need to do that? I mean, mean, how did that all work out? That's just the question. Sooner or later, if you're prepared, right, sooner or later, it could benefit you greatly, right? A flood, disaster, something horrible happens, and you've got extra. That, that's wonderful. If you can do so and maintain it, and I mean, how much how much room do you have? I mean, there's so many questions when it comes to preparing. But by all means, it's not necessarily wrong. I, I don't, I know one of the emails asked me, what's my philosophy? I don't know if I have really a philosophy about it. I tend I'm going to be honest with you. I tend not to give give it much thought, to be honest. I just kind of go, all right, well, uh, maybe it's foolish. I just kind of, I just kind of focus on, I just focus on the now. Maybe, maybe my mind, like I, I, I try to always see where things are going. Like I, I got no problem having a discussion. Where do you think this situation is going to go? Where do you think this situation is going to go? Where I, I remember talking way before anybody else was talking about what was going on in Syria. That it, I called it a civil war and kept telling everyone about it. I, I'm very. I, I have no problem looking to the future, trying to figure out where things are going to go, because I want to know where things are going to go. And sometimes I'll say, well, we probably should do this and this and this. But I'm usually look at it more from a spiritual perspective. That's where I tend to look at things. So maybe that's foolish. Maybe that's naive. But I just tend to go, you know, I don't know if I'm even going to be alive tomorrow. 
Maybe, maybe what has greatly impacted my perception is losing my mother at a young age just made me realize my mom prepared for all kinds of things. You know, she wanted to buy property and have a house out in the middle of nowhere. She just got the house in the middle of nowhere, Texas. And then she died, I think, what, a year, not even a year after she got the house? Maybe, maybe less than a year. And now that property in that house is not, I, is, I don't, nobody in my family even owns it anymore. It's gone. So she, she prepared, she saved money, she did it. Well, didn't matter. It didn't matter. So, I mean, like you can prepare and prepare and prepare, but we don't know what tomorrow holds. Now, it doesn't mean that we react foolish. I'm just saying that, that I'm just saying, I'm just trying to be honest with you how that's greatly impacted my perception. My perception is that I don't even know if I'm going to be alive 24 hours from now. I'm painfully aware of how fast death can show up on your doorstep. And so I just tend to focus on the now with looking to the future to see where things are going, but typically for a theological, biblical perspective, not so much in preparing, but you can draw your own conclusions. If that helps, put it this way. I think this is very important. I'll end with this. If the preparing, and I really truly mean this, helps you spiritually, helps you feel a sense of peace and a sense of calm, then by, and you have the means to do so, and you're not hurting yourself financially or, you know, you, then by all means, or you just like being out there in the back growing your own, you know, vegetable vegetables and fruits and canning them. And you love doing that. And it gives you a sense of peace. And it's almost like a, it's therapeutic and it's helpful. By all means, do it. Do it. Because anything that can help you spiritually get rid of that fear and that anxiety so that you can focus on the things of God, then by all means do it. But don't just allow that to become almost your mission where the things of God get sidetracked. But if it helps, by all means do it. By all means. But don't be surprised that others may not carry your feelings in regards to that particular area. Okay, I think I think that's very important. I think that's very important. Try to find that biblical balance. I always say that balance is such an important word, and it's hard to find that balance because the Bible tends to put all the focus on the spiritual so much. The spiritual, the spiritual, the spiritual, the eternal versus the temporal. It doesn't ignore the temporal, but the focus is always there. So it's easy to overlook the temporal. But it's also easy to ignore the spiritual and so focus on the temporal that we then spiritually hurt ourselves. So there you go. All right, I'll stop right there. Uh, Everyone, I hope that's helpful. Uh, I always say the people who email me and the people who contact me, you guys drive the show. So if these are the things you want to talk about, there you have it. Now, please don't. I'm not here trying to debate anyone or arguing. I, I, I know somewhere I'm going to get some email. You don't know what you're talking about. Look, if, if you prepare all you want. Nobody, nobody's telling you not to. Just ensure that you have a proper biblical balance. So I, I, I'm just trying to offer that biblical balance there. And I can't, what I can't do is necessarily open my Bible and say, Thus saith the Lord, you will do it this way. I can't do that. That becomes legalistic. That, that become, you, you, can only, you can only tell people to do what the scriptures calls them to do. 
right? And I've given you some biblical principles. There's probably far more scriptures I could have looked up, but I gave you some of those Proverbs. There is wisdom in doing those things. There is wisdom in doing those things. And that's fine. That's perfectly okay. Don't know if I can say it's a, if you don't do it, you've committed some grave sin. You could be foolish. There's a lot of things that are foolish, right? At the same time, neglecting the spiritual would be foolish. So again, finding that proper balance. All right, thanks for listening. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. We definitely will probably discuss this some more. Um, I'm gonna continue to think and meditate on it. I'm glad for the emails and the challenges uh, because yes, I'm worried about the direction the world is headed because it definitely looks bad, but I, I tend to just focus a little bit differently. All right, um, Wow. Uh, someone said uh, they checked out. I checked out solar power for my house recently. Company wanted $94. Took me, uh, took me by surprise. Uh, uh, took my, took me by surprise. It was that much. All right. So um, yeah, I mean, you can check into all kinds of different things and see what, what it can't, what, what can, can preparing yourself that way, how to reduce your, your, your cost in one area so that you have more money for other areas. That's, that's enough. There's nothing wrong with that. Being, being prudent. Oh, 90. Okay. 94,000. Okay. Uh, When they said $94, I'm like, okay, well that's, that's obviously a very good deal. Uh, That's a very good deal. So a good for you. I was getting ready to say, well, I was going to say, I was going to email this person after we got off the air and go, could you tell me the name of that company? Cause it only costs $94 to go over to solar. I, I may, I may want to sign up for that. No, $94,000. Yeah. See, I don't, yeah. Like how do you, I mean, that, that's not even an option. That was not, that's not even an option for the average person. I, I was, I was, I was interested in the comment because we just had someone come to our house just the other day. I know we're way over time right now and I apologize. Uh, but we just uh, we just had someone knock on our door the other day. There were these two guys and uh, I'm like, why, why? Because I, I can't stand when people come knocking on our door. We have a no soliciting sign, but sometimes they don't follow it. Sometimes I just kind of look at them. I look at the sign. I look back at them. I look at the sign. I look back at them. Like, I don't want to be mean because I'm trying, you know, try hopefully, you know, try to be respectful and compassionate to people because I know they're trying to make money, but you're looking at them like, I really don't want you knocking on the door. I I don't want to be bothered, but okay. If I want what you're selling, I'll find it on Google and I'll order it. Okay. But, um, but the point is they came and they were like, Hey, you know, we're in our neighborhood and we're installing solar panels and your roof looks like it will be great. And, and I'm, and my first question was like, okay, well, I'm not going to say yes or no to anything right now because I don't even know who you are. You're just some strangers who knocked on my door. Give me the name of your company. I'll research it. And you start researching it and you're like, well, maybe that could save my, on my electric bill. That would be wonderful. But to pay for the installation of this, it's, I would have to save on my electric bill until I'm 170, okay? So I'm not going to live to be 170. So I, for me to finally get my money back, I'll be dead. So I don't know if it's worth it right now and paying all of that money to try to save some money on my electric bill because I'm going to literally be in the hole. So in that case, preparing that way would not, and see, a lot of times, a lot of the preparing actually can't even be done because of financial situations, but there's probably things you can do. I mean, I know this, 
If you want to go uh, make a garden and grow uh, things and can food, congratulations. I'm not doing that, okay? I'm not, I'm just, I, you know, I, I, I just tell me your address, and if everything goes bad, then I'll come knock on your door going, hey, I'm glad you grew food and canned it, but I'm not going to be out there with a garden. I'm not, and I'm not going to be doing that. Maybe that's foolish, but I'm not doing that. I'll store up some bags of Doritos. That's what I'll do. I'll buy some extra bags of Doritos. That's what I'll do, okay? And maybe some Oreo double stuff. Maybe maybe I'll do that. And some Big Red, okay? Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll do that. But uh, no, I'm not, not trying to make light of it. But no, yeah, that's a good point, though. Some, some of the things to do to supposedly save you great money, actually, there's such a, a cost that you, you can't even do it. But if, if prepare if you can, but focus. It's just, I, I, just, I just feel this, and, and maybe I'm wrong here. You can hear my own in, internal conflict here, right? I, I have, you, I, hopefully you can hear my own internal conflict here. Because on one end, you don't, wanna, you don't want to promote foolishness. But I just feel that since 2015, the church has been so preoccupied with everything other than their spiritual life that the church right now is spiritually bankrupt in a mess because everyone's so focused on elections and this, and we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do that. I, I remember during the Obama presidency, I don't know how many Christian ministry out there, we're all going to be in a FEMA camp, we're all going to die. You better store up food, it's all going to come to, you better buy $9,000 billion of gold because the dollar's going to be gone and, and you're going to get the mark of the beast. And, and, and it's like, okay, and... Obama was president. Obama left. Guess what? Nobody got the mark of the beast. Everybody still have their guns. Nobody was in a FEMA camp. And none of the Christians who sold all of that nonsense apologized. So maybe I'm cynical. Maybe I'm cynical. And if it's going to be a nuclear war... I don't know if having a couple of weeks of food extra is really going to matter, okay? I don't, depending on where you live, if you live somewhere near where there's a, a, a major probability that it's going to be struck with a nuclear weapon because you're, in a, uh, you're near a military base of strategic importance, like we live near Dias Air Force Base where I was stationed, which has the B-1 bomber and other planes, which would probably be a target. Well, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but extra food's not going to save me, <laughs> Right? Now, if I can load my car and get somewhere far away uh, with uh, some extra food, then maybe I'll be okay. But uh, in most, in, mo- in many situations, it, I mean, like, so I don't know. Trying to find that real realistic perspective. But we'll talk about this again. I bet you this is going to create a lot of feedback, and there's going to be lots of disagreements. But I wanted to at least discuss it, and you can take my principles that I gave you, and you can do whatever you want with them. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.